Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Wrestling fans, and welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 27, and it is Monday, April 17th, 2017. Glad to be back with you. I am Joe Morata. This is Michael Quinn. How you doing, Quinn? Howdy doody. Howdy doody to you, sir. Hi. Hi. Ready to talk about the world of retro wrestling? Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's what we're here for, right? That's what we do, right? That is what we do. Don't be fooled by cheap invitations. We are your retro wrestling podcast. Right. Quinn, we finally made it through WrestleMania a couple weeks ago. Yep. We finally made it through the Hall of Fame Bites a couple weeks ago. Yeah. We also talked to Sean Mooney last week. Yeah, we're kind of on a regular schedule now. Again. We are finally back to normal, folks. Yep. This is time to talk about the retro wrestling. I want to remind you, you can talk to us Reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us if you use that for things other than work. <laughs> yeah. And that would be at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. Quinn, there's a plethora of places to find our podcast. Uh, quite a plethora. Um, <laughs> Where might those places be, sir? Well, you can go to iTunes and you can leave us a review there as well. Yep. As well as getting the podcast there. That's right. Um, we love those reviews. Mm-hmm. There's Google Play. Yeah. There's Stitcher. Yep. There's Blueberry. Yep. There's uh, FM.Player. Who cares? There we go. <laughs> For old time's that, sake. That, that's you know? about right. <laughs> tune in and yeah, tune in. all sorts of things. Now, there's also a domain on the web or something. Yeah, th- this is real. Um, <laughs> it's called OVPpodcast.com. That's right, OVPpodcast.com. And over there, you can get all the links to all the stuff that we are on, um, including our social media uh, Facebook and Twitter and MySpace my, yet? Not MySpace, <gasps> never MySpace. Damn. You can even get like the raw RSS feed if you're really interested in that kind of stuff. If the you're real, a real nerd. Yeah, the techie. <laughs> if you want the if you want the real RSS, yeah. the the raw feed and put it into your thing manually, you can do that Oof, over there. That yeah. is some high tech stuff, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that there's some kind of moving picture video site. Yes, uh YouTube.com. Oh wow. Um yeah, it's just <laughs> dot com this week, but uh, um, yeah, over there you can see our Hall of Fame bite videos, yes. and uh, you can see our promo spots and behind the scenes, behind the scenes things. It's, it's it's a whole fun place that you can go and see us. You know what, Quinn? Speaking of places, we are on the Place to Be Nation. If you're not listening to us there, why don't you check it out? It's Place to Be Nation Quinn, you like that place? Yeah, I like that place. They got the uh, Place to Be Nation podcast, yeah. the, the the mother sip of the network. Yes, the gold standard. Yeah, and uh, you know they talk about the old retro stuff there, which I like. Yeah. Um, the old house shows, MSG house shows, Saturday Night's main event. They're doing it differently than we do, which is cool. Yeah, they're going in order. Yes, they're just doing like, you know, all the MSG shows, Saturday Night's main event, the wrestling classic they did a few weeks back. Yep. So that's kind of cool. JT and Scott do a great job there. And there's also uh, the main event podcast right. there. With about the current about product, the current, which we didn't really like in our WrestleMania yeah, thing. Yeah, we're, we uh, we're not so good with the current. <laughs> no, that's why we're here for the retro. We're here for the retro. So, folks, um, we are here to talk about the retro, and if you have been following along here, you would know that it is Quinn's pick to ask me what I think of something. 
So, Quinn, it's all you, my friend. What are we looking at this week? Well, I know last week you talked about The Undertaker. (laughs) Yes, I did. But I thought of a guy that kind of goes hand in hand with The Undertaker. Okay. And that is Jake the Snake Roberts. Wow, you know what? That's a good pick. We haven't talked about him much. Yeah. Okay, Jake the Snake Roberts. I mean, he is one of the most notable gimmicks uh, of the 80s, I'd say. Notable characters, perhaps. Yeah, I know a lot of our friends like Jake. Yeah, a a lot of our friends like Jake. One of the things about Jake Roberts, and I think you've maybe mentioned it before, Quinn, is the idea of a jerk that brings a snake to the ring and puts it on you when he beats you. That's cool. Yeah, it's one of the... It's Again, it's like how Taker was. It's a cool gimmick, right? It's yeah. something that kids especially like to see. Um, and But, you know, older fans, he had an edge to him. Yes. You know, he wasn't just like a... Wishy-washy. You know, you know. he wasn't just, I got a snake, yay. yeah. You know, like, it's not like a guy that carries an animal to the ring. It's like, no, this guy really is like an actual snake. He's a jerk. Yeah, metaphorically, I guess. Yes, he's metaphorically. An, like, he's an actual snake in the grass, and he will betray you, and he doesn't care. It was hard to keep him healed. Well, it was hard to keep both, actually. Yeah, cause... because it, his, he was so, like, driven by it seemed like evil intentions you know what i mean right. he wasn't really a stand-up guy no he never was even when he was a face the only thing i could think of is maybe in 90 when he does that promo against dibiase you know that few with dibiase right he's kind of standing up for people that don't have money but beyond that this is the guy that slapped miss elizabeth yes <laughs> this is a guy that um he beat up the crap out of ricky steamboat like dbt yes, him on a on, on the a floor. cement or whatever he's the, this is the guy that was okay with having a cobra chew up randy savage right you know these are the stuff his heel actions but even as a face he was kind of i don't know it was like he was like sinister or something you know like mm-hmm. it was it wasn't like he was he didn't really change necessarily when he was a face it was just people didn't like the guys he was screwing with absolutely yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things about jake you know i think he got his start i actually want to say believe it or not one of his first big things was in stampede heavyweight title jake roberts against hercules Ayala. i think i've heard that i think late 70s where he made his name i I know he was in JCP for a bit. Mid-South. With his father. Yes. Uh, yeah, Grizzly Smith. Yeah. And he was in Mid-South with uh, under Bill Watts, or right. at least like that area, you know, the Bill Watts area. Right. We have Jake the Snake Roberts here, and he has a few yes. words he wants to say. It wasn't, of course, until he hit the WWF right before WrestleMania two, mm-hmm. where he really made an impact in the wrestling scene. Jake the Snake Roberts. And if we're talking about Jake's background, too. Um, sure. I, I always got a kick out of the fact that he wasn't the best looking like oh, body. No, no, but that was the best part about yes. him is that he he and he always would say this to himself. He he was a guy that didn't really have to put his hands on you. He was he put he, his mind on you. Yeah, he would play mind games and he could talk and it was mm-hmm. all about screwing with the opponent's head. Yes, and then when the time came, apply the DDT. Boom, boom, and I guess that was a good transition to the DDT in general. Yeah, the DDT was his notable finishing move. Uh, contrary to any rumors, it doesn't stand for anything. It doesn't no. stand for Damien's dinner time or <laughs> Damien's death drop. That's death time or whatever. I, I don't know who would think that. Jake Roberts infamously or maybe famously said it stands for the end. But mm. it really is literally named after the band Pesticide DDT. Oh, is it? Yes. I thought it was just named after the Pesticide DDT, but... Yeah, that's what I said. You said the band Pesticide. It's band. Oh, oh I thought you meant like musical band. 
Because <laughs> you said the banned pesticide. No, no, no. There, there, could ba- be, uh, there could be a band named Pesticide. I bet I, there is. I doubt th- that there isn't. So. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have East Air size number one, Suicide Tribute Band. Pesticide. No, no, no. The outlawed. Is that better? Yeah, the outlawed uh, pesticide substance. Yes, DDT. The outlawed pesticide substance. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so that was a finisher that from the time Jake started using it, he was the the guy associated with the DDT. Right. That move was death. Yes, it was never, no one kicked out of it until The Undertaker. Undertaker probably, yeah, probably, right? Which was who we talked about last week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was one of the best finishers I've ever seen. Yeah, no, and in the short drop, yep. the way he applied it, there for years there's been guys trying to do the DDT. I know um, Bobby Roode is now doing it, and like other people, I know Orton did the one where you lay the legs on the second rope and drop them. <laughs> Orton's, yeah, that thing is so stupid. It's a signature move for him, though. That's like one of his signature things he does. It's not a finisher, but it's like a, a in his repertoire. Yeah, if it was in a video game, that would be like a, a, you secondary. Know, a secondary move. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But Jake used it as his primary move. It was his finisher and it looked cool it looked like it hurt because it would hurt if you really did that to someone well yeah i mean if you really did that to someone you might kill them that's how he knocked out ricky steamboat for real is like steamboat just didn't protect the fall on the concrete right that legit knocked him out that wasn't it was quite a move because just the way they portrayed it on tv so many jobbers would go down to it mm-hmm. and even on re- on like wrestlemanias and pay-per-views and like it was just i loved how his opponents took it too because they would go limp yes like they wouldn't he would have to physically turn them over yeah like they, get they, the pin. they would never roll around or do anything like they were just out and they would stay down long enough for him to put a snake on you which was yeah what's cool is not only is it you know you can get a pin out of it but then he can add uh, salt to the wounds there and mm-hmm. for insults and throw a snake and, on and throw you. a snake and choke you out or whatever with it i mean george wells was the first public you know worldwide victim of that foaming at the mouth right so many two and i mean damien wasn't like that kind of snake i don't think no he was a uh, was he a boa constrictor well that's what a constrictor a does Burmese python i think he was a Burmese python so it's like i always thought it was funny because they would sell like they were getting choked out, but yeah. it was just kind of like curling around the yeah, neck. Yeah, it didn't like, really do much, and it didn't even look like it was like no, <laughs> you know, like getting them in there. Or anything, yeah. So <laughs> now, one of the things about Jake, I mentioned, it's hard to keep a guy like that heel because he was so cool. So he debuts in early '86. By early '87, he's already a face within a year. Right. One of the things that was like almost a test to see who would get the face reaction. I don't know if you know this, Quinn. There was a match. That he had against Randy Savage in the November of 86. I remember this, yeah. Saturday Night's main event. And Vince, the announcer Vince. like heel versus heel, if I recall. The announcer character of Vince on the show was like, he's like, I wonder who the crowd's going to support. I bet they're going to support Randy Savage. Who's going to be the fan favorite, Jesse? I don't know, McMahon. You're looking at two of probably the most hated wrestlers in the world right here. And it's going to be interesting to see which way the fans side in a match like this. Whether they go... I don't know whether they go down the middle, whether whether they go with the Macho Man or the Snake. I would have to say perhaps the Macho Man. Nah, Which sure. they didn't. They supported Jake the they Snake. Supported, they supported Jake, and that led to that feud with Honky Tonk Man in 87. Yeah, because cool is always more supportive than jerk. Yeah, exactly. Like, in a real, yeah. like, if you think about it, like, Randy Savage is a jerk to his girlfriend. Yes. And he's and just... And to fans. And to fans, and he's just a douche. But Jake the Snake is kind of like... Slimy he's, cool. He's evil, but at least he's cool about it. He had and, the cool factor. Yeah, and he's only dealing with, like, other wrestlers. He's not right. with women. 
Like, you know what I mean? Until later. (laughs) Yeah. And he was a hell of a lot cooler than the Honky Tonk Man, and that completed the face turn. Right. Was feuding with Honky. Remember, he gets hit with the guitar. Legit injured himself. Like, talk show thing. (laughs) Jake's talk show. Yeah, the snake pit. That replaced, That was the corniest (laughs) set. (laughs) It looked like the Rainforest Cafe or something. That That (laughs) clip with the Honky Tonk Man is pretty, like, crazy. Yeah, that he just bangs him with a real guitar. It also looks like it's a thousand years old when they show the clip. Like, I remember thinking, like, was this the same year? Early 87. Yeah. That led to an unremarkable WrestleMania 3 match. <laughs> Although, remarkable for the sake of Alice, Alice, Cooper, Alice Cooper and, like, the fact that Jake was involved with the celebrities, that showed what, what faith they had in him, that we're going to attach a celebrity to Jake the Snake. That's a good point. You know what? Also, they followed Savage Steamboat, which is the hardest thing to do. Right. That was the match right after it. And if I recall, that that match got a good response. The yes. idea of getting Jimmy Hart back after all yes. those those months and pro- possibly years. It was a, it'd been a while since Jimmy got a comeuppance. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, he was terrified of snakes. So yeah. No, you're was, right. It was perfect. It was well done. Uh, Alice Cooper played a good part in it. Now, Jake didn't have what I would call, you know, for the remainder of the 80s into the beginning of the 90s, he didn't have any really amazing matches during that period of time. No, and I again, I always say about Jake is that I feel like he's one of the rare guys that can get away with not having high match quality because of the it's, psychology. Yes, it's 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 all about everyone's looking for the DDT the whole match. It's very true. Yeah, and that's that. It's awesome because that's a wrestler that is good at masking his like inac- inadequacies, yeah, and weaknesses. Like he could just mask it, and you think he's the best wrestler in the world because everyone's just wanting him to hit the DDT. Jake, as a face, you know, fighting a guy like let's say Ted DiBiase, were the matches built around DiBiase trying to avoid that DDT the whole match? Right. You don't need tons of wrestling moves for that. No, it, and a lot of it, I always loved, and this is just in every Jake match, was the idea of he would signal for the DDT mm-hmm. and almost get it, and the opponent would slip away or go outside the ring to yep. avoid it and wait to kind of get him on on equal footing again yes so that they wouldn't fall into the ddt and what does that do it builds anticipation for when it finally does happen and when it drops boom I'm done exactly so jake has a crappy feud with rick martell mm. the blinding angle that was a bad now period. the blinding angle if i recall leads to his alliance with the ultimate warrior which turns him heel again well it's kind of a combination of things first he gets blinded right right has the blindfold match which everyone has mixed opinions or everyone thinks is bad for the most part i actually don't mind it it's whatever it's fun yeah so he's coming off the blinding thing with martel then earthquake squashes damien it's gonna squash this thing don't watch this folks please don't watch it Right, so now there's no more Damien. Summer 91. So Jake gets Lucifer, a new snake, which is basically Damien. But in the meantime, he's still a face, but he's like weird, right? So he he turns heel like you alluded to, Quinn. That's when he says, never trust a snake. Right. Never trust a snake. (laughs) He had been saying, trust me that whole time. Yeah, and and he was trustworthy up until that point. That was it. And then all it was all like a big ruse. And what was so cool about it was you didn't feel like Jake 
had really deceived him, he told him the tr- he told him the truth in Jake's eyes. Yes, exactly. Like, meaning like meaning that Jake the snake is just you. Why would you trust a snake? Right. Exactly. exactly. A why snake's you- gonna tell you trust me. <laughs> you're an idiot. Yeah. Like, and basically. the warrior was kind of an idiot. The character. Yeah. The, yeah, character. the character. Yeah. So that be that leads to Jake becoming big friends with the Undertaker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> big alliance there. Right. They crash the wedding reception. <laughs> <laughs> the infamous. Yes. Oh my God. The co- King Cobra in the, in the box and Jake. Oh my God. That Cobra thing. To me, that's like the peak of like that coolness. Angle. Is like the fact that Savage takes the Cobra bite, which probably really hurt, even if it was devenomized. Which oh, it, I'm, I'm sure it hurt. Yeah, yeah. Still an animal chewing on you. Right. You and I mean, I mean the fangs of a snake like that, you yeah. see them like you, that's yeah. the crazy part is you see the fangs and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, that led to their big feud uh, the match at this Tuesday in Texas where Jake slaps Elizabeth afterwards. Yup. And, you know, Mean Gene loses his mind. Yeah, and- I think we need to cut to a clip of that promo right now. But the best feeling I've ever had in my life is when I grabbed a hold of your woman's hair, man, and jerked her up off of her knees. Huh? That was good. And then when I put my hand across her face, my man, it felt so good I should have to pay for that. Yeah, I would pay to do that. So the next time you think about crossing this snake's path and a snake chooses his own path where nobody else wants to go, you think about it again. But if you do decide to, please do me one little favor. I'm begging you. Please bring her back. Let me touch her again. Oh, get out uh, of here, please, Robert. I can cultivate her into something that even I could oh, want. Please. Huh? I could do that. Trust me. Trust me. Please. <laughs> I refuse to. Gorilla Monsoon, let's get back. Get out of here. On, get the hell you. out of here. I don't want to talk. What a freaking promo. Just Jake acting like that was the best thing ever to slap Elizabeth. Laughing. You know? Yeah. La- laughing. And Gene just getting all pissed off about it. What and he an doesn't angle. care. And again, the greatest part of all of it is that it's not a change in character. It's, no, he it's, was always like he that. He was always this way. <laughs> it's he true. He just wasn't facing people. People that uh, the fans liked. It's true. He was never like a upstanding, you know. He was going to betray person. you all the time. Yeah, and um, you know, he obviously gets beat by the Undertaker at WrestleMania Eight, and that's the end of his first WWF the run. End of the classical Jake run. He goes to WCW. You know, unremarkable, unremarkable, tumultuous run. run with Bill Watts there, who did not like him. Then, of course, he goes through the Indies, does a few things. He comes back to WWF in '96. That was sad. I'm sorry. I'll say this. I will say this. Yeah. If anything, it was his program with Austin that, uh, to me, cemented Austin in the end because Jake came in as an old, broken down that old man. That was the gimmick and, and the gim- real life. Yeah, but he, he sold it, too, like, right, with, with The Undertaker. It's yeah. like, I remember him going down to Stone Cold, and I've heard it said before that it was either Jake or somebody else felt that the stunner was the new DDT. And for Jake to go down to Stone Cold Steve Austin yep. at the King of the Ring yep. in that in that role and for Austin to cut a promo about how he was broken down mm-hmm. and it's not your time anymore. Yep. Austin three sixteen, of course. I gotta say I gotta hand it to Jake, even if he was in a incapacitated role, he still knew what he was doing at that point. He did. He still had the psychology, right. you know, and he was a master of that. And he played it in the reverse role where he was vulnerable. Yeah, it was very cool, very yeah. well done. Now, he had a very, very turbulent late 90s, which we all know, and early 2000s. we kind of covered in Heroes of Wrestling. We covered it. That review. That was one of the lowest points. Obviously, he had a lot of you know drug and alcohol abuse issues. 
the and happy nobody, ending is yeah, nobody really it. ever thought he would be okay like it, no. I, after a while people just gave up but no not exactly. diamond Dallas page not ddp and the story had a happy ending you know jake's doing great now yeah and that always makes us happy when we talk about that you know right. i know that and we can say with certainty jake the, the the chapters have been closed i guess the book in yeah. total has been closed on jake the snake roberts career and he seems to be enjoying retirement now that he's yep. clean and hall of famer hall of famer you know it all turned out good for jake and deservingly so it worked a long time for yep. the company yep uh did a lot of good work put people over yes he did he put people over he put his matches over they had a distinct quality a distinct feel because yeah. of his psychology his promos were almost second to none for the period of time they were incredible if i always say if he did not go through the demons he went through he probably would be on the writing staff for some promotion to this day because he had the mind i know he wanted to do that mm-hmm. but you know things happen but things happen but we're glad that he is doing so well right now right he is a great great gimmick personality whatever you want to call it, a mind for the business mind for the business and one of the masters of psychology and promos right and that is why i would say jake the snake roberts is one of the best things to come out of the 80s yes no doubt about influence, it. influence mm-hmm. widespread there wouldn't be a bray wyatt there wouldn't be an undertaker without jake roberts right yeah, that's really that's about it. <laughs> that was one it's of the a, templates. For yeah, that. it's a very clean ending, nice clean cut, and you know, just a fantastic personality wrestler, whatever you want to say. Absolutely, folks. We'll be back right after this. You bring on anybody you want, Coco. Beware, Frankie. Beware that birdie comes around with. What a silly little thing that is. You bring Frankie Beware around that snake, my man, and Frankie be gone soon. That's the kind of guy I am. I'm the kind of guy right now, if I needed to sneeze, I'd use your hand. <laughs> That's the kind of guy I am. So it doesn't matter to me if I'm going to be wrestling George Steele, or I wouldn't even mind crossing the fence because I have no friends in this business. This is a business to me. I take it as a business. And it's serious business. And I'm talking about perhaps becoming a champion. The Intercontinental Championship is on my mind. And the reason it is, is because once you have that, then Hogan is right there. You got him anytime you want. So, Macho Man, just something to think about, my man. Could you handle a snake? <laughs> I don't know why. Could you? And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast. We are glad to be with you here this Monday, April 17th, 2017, for episode number 27. Quinn, you know what time it is, right? Oh, I do. It's time for our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley segment of the show. Now, this one, folks, if you haven't been watching, this is where we're going to take four of the best of something and put them on Mount Rushmore, and four of the worst of something, and we will put them into the desert of Death Valley, where I believe The Undertaker is retired to. Yeah, I think he's just (laughs) kind of sitting on a rocking chair, like (laughs) underground tunnels or something. Underground tunnels? Well, because remember, he went into the floor at the end. Oh, right. Yeah, so he He had to take the hyperloop back to Death Valley (laughs) from from uh sunshineville wherever they were <laughs> oh okay you know quinn for for this week it's my pick and it's interesting that we were talking about jake the snake roberts mm-hmm. because my mount rushmore and death valley for this week is gimmicks and characters Ooh, gimmicks and characters so the best gimmicks and the worst gimmicks yes now this will be an interesting one what and i just want to you know we always do a little bit of a parameter here mm-hmm. for the worst especially but i guess for the best also like for the worst it can't be something that no one knows about it some indie fed yeah you know what i mean we're dealing within our niche here yes. you know north american wrestling mm-hmm. 
Anyway, um, character or gimmick, because they're not exactly the same thing. Right. So you get the first pick. What do you think? What's a really good one that comes to mind? Um, If I was to say, like, character, um, where character is important and I think drove a lot of stuff. um, Honestly, like, this might sound really cliche. Yeah. But when I think of the best, I really think of, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the idea of the ass kicker like doesn't like his boss like Mm. i feel like it's like the basis of like everything that still exists to this day yeah you know what austin is one of the best characters that was his gimmick was that character right that was the gimmick right yeah and especially the early stuff is actually really good this i'm not afraid of anything and that like i'll come to your house and beat you up yeah like it takes that i don't respect authority i don't respect tradition yeah i guess i guess if you were to name his character is the the no respect for authority character. Yeah, the rebel. The anti-authoritarian character. Exactly. And he also, you know, on top of that, drank his beer and all that stuff. Right. Did the cursing and the it's, middle fingers. It's an archetype that I think is used for, like, every baby face now, really, because... Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's seriously, true, it's, it's, true. It's, it's I don't like my boss, right? <laughs> for better or for worse, yes. it's an influential and, like, probably one of the strongest of those type of characters. Like... And if you were to look at his peers, like The Rock... Sure. Like, The Rock is in the archetype of, I'm just a cool guy kind of thing. And there's been, like, a million cool heels That's slash true. faces guys. Yep. It's not the same thing. It's, it's like, not. Austin is, like, a it's like a new thing, like, at the time. And it, and it is, like, the basis of a lot of baby faces now. Okay. Before we put one on there, let me counterweight this one. Okay. What about Ric Flair, the Nature Boy? The Nature Boy is another good one. Right. Um, the the wheeling, kiss stealing, kiss, wheeling, dealing. Yeah, wheeling, dealing. <laughs> um, the reason I think Flair is the best of his kind, mm-hmm. but I do think um, even before him, the idea was played out already with Gorgeous George, right? Like he was the well, he was the modern day version of that. Yes and no. Gorgeous George is more of the effeminate type, but you could say that the Nature Boy Buddy Rogers was really before Ric Flair. Okay, yeah, and and the idea is that he's a stud, right? He, he can yes. get all the women. He's rich and jet flying, limousine riding. You yeah, know, all and, that crap. I mean, Ric Flair is a great. It's a great character. It's a great character. And it works. You know why Ric Flair's awesome? And just like Austin, it's timeless. There's always a douche, like Mm. in every generation, who's, I'm rich and screw you. Like, even now, they have Bobby Roode, right? I mentioned him earlier in the show. He's basically Ric Flair. It's In a lot of ways, yes. It's, I'm rich and I can beat you up and all the women like me and screw you. Okay. I mean, Ric Flair is another good character. If I was... The thing with Ric Flair, though, is that I don't know if his character is more exemplary than his... um, Easy for you to say. Yeah, (laughs) than his talking ability. Like, if I was to make a rush more of talkers, I'd put Flair there. But I don't know if the character is as different as his personality. Okay, so do you think Austin's character gimmick is better than Flair's? I do, because I think Austin's was more bombastic. Revolutionary? Revolutionary. Ric Flair's was a take on an already existing Trope. character. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Do you I wanna... mean, nothing, nothing like Austin. There was nothing like Austin, and Sandman is the closest thing I could think of, but he was more of like a slob. Yeah, Sandman's more, the idea is that he's kind of like the everyman, mm-hmm. whereas Austin's like... Even though they want to tell you he's an everyman, it's like, no, Austin's one of a kind. Like, it's like, there's no, like, 
he would never meet a person that didn't give a crap at this level at this much. You know Dick, what I mean? Dick the Bruiser might have been one of the earlier types of that, too, in AWA in the 60s, 70s. But not to the heights of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Not to the heights of Steve Austin. Yeah. Um, I think if you're okay with it, I, I'm good with putting Austin on. I agree. Because I don't I, know that we're going to find too much better than that. And I think that you can table Flair because I do think yeah. Flair's up there. He's up there. Yeah. Okay, so let's put Steve Austin on. Okay. So there you go. Steve Austin's number one. Yeah. All right. Well, I threw Flair at you. Why don't you throw another one at me? You know, who comes to mind is Roddy Piper as a character. All right, how would you define his character? Again, a rebel, yep. but I like the idea of a slightly madman rebel. Trash-talking like, madman. Trash-talking madman. And I think that, that it was, it's been used elsewhere, and sure. I, I want to say that Piper is the innovator behind that type. Absolutely. He was an innovator in that right. way. Absolutely. Um, his character could um, make his matches seem better, too. This, this guy that's willing to... You know, bare knuckle fight you if it comes down to it. Sure. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about titles. Like, he wasn't a wrestler. Quote yeah, unquote. he's he, he's like a bra- he's like a barroom brawler, really. And okay. like, I love that character. Like, and and just like, I, I love the stuff he would say. Like, uh, you know, just when you think you have all the answers, I change all the questions. Sure. Like, like that. And I think that perfectly like encapsulates like that type of character is that he truly is a madman. He was a madman, he was a crazy man, he would, and he would out-talk you. Right. And out-fight you. He was smart, but he was crazy. Mm-hmm. So, the, the smart, I guess you'd say the smart crazy, right? Like right. That, that that combination, and it's, it's chaotic, and, sure. it, you know, he, he could have legendary brawls in Madison Square Garden. Yep. And, like, these matches weren't even designed to be brawls. They were right. just regular <laughs> matches. But it's Piper, and Piper doesn't care about the rules. Okay. And it's like Austin, but it's not at the same time, because Austin is, no, I have an objective, like, I don't like you, my boss. Austin Vince McMahon Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna do whatever it takes to defy you Mm -hmm. whereas Piper it's like somebody might have started shit with him or he started shit with somebody else and he'll take it too far and he'll take it too far and he'll just ramble yeah that that, his promos too were another part of that character that was like this is just he'll ramble but it's Piper so it's like it's acceptable you know what I mean like normally a rambly guy like the ultimate warrior for example (laughs) is another notable character yeah Piper's different because it feels like he's like a mad genius scientist, but he's crazy. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, like it's, it's just different than the just mad man. Piper's a good one, Quinn. I'm going to throw one at you, though. Okay. Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, uh, yeah. The Macho Man definitely. The Macho Man, what's cool about him is that he does all sorts of things. <laughs> like, and what I like about Savage is throwing a little crazy, mm-hmm. throwing a little um, emotional. Yep. Um, definitely. Tender hearted. To an extent, yeah. Know. But throw in, like, I'm the best in the world, like, yeah. good wrestler. Some arrogance. It's this hodgepodge of things, and it's something that only works in wrestling. Savage <laughs> is one of those things, like, if there was any other athlete yeah. Yeah, like right. him in real life, it wouldn't make any sense. But only in wrestling can a guy like Randy Savage... Like, Randy Savage, to me, is the typical wrestler. It's what people think of when they think of a wrestler and they don't know wrestling. That's a good point. He was able to be, at the same time... A huge egomaniac, but so down to earth. Right. And he Whoa. can reach out and yeah. touch your heart. Like, you yes. know what I mean? Like, you would feel bad for him if you got the crap beat out of him. But at the same time, you could 
want to just kill he him if he, his girlfriend like shit. Yeah, when you know? he, when he did anything to his girlfriend, you know, you wanted to you wanted to get out of the crowd and be like, no, that's that's a lady. Like, yeah. don't do that. You know, he had the ability to tug at the heartstrings and make you fighting mad at the same time. And yeah, he was and in awesome. the same hand where he's you're mad about how he treats his his lady. Yep. At the same time, you're rooting for him to change. Yep. To become a great man. What a story arc, too, yeah. that was. He's one of the best. I mean, overall, right? Yeah, I think he's like a no-doubter, actually. I think if, he might have to be number yeah, two. Yeah, because it's just he runs he runs the table, really, of like all the different emotions and Yeah, someone you types. can get invested in, but yeah. also cheer against right. when the time is right. Mm-hmm. Just someone that you care about. And that's one of the be- best things about a character or a gimmick is that you care about what happens. Even when Randy Savage got older and he wasn't as prevalent or prominent, but... Like you know that savage like at the very end mm-hmm. with the with the in ninety four no or even, no oh, you WCW WCW I still cared about him yeah sure like that shows the power of Randy Savage it's like he's not even in this great thing but it's like I want to know what's gonna happen with I mean I right. love Randy Savage yeah. like I don't care that he's doing something stupid yeah. like it's just it's Randy Savage so do we put him on there yeah let's put him on there. All right, well, we've got Stone Cold Steve Austin and Randy Savage. You got one for me, Michael? Well, would you consider the Hulkster a character necessarily? <laughs> like, I feel like Death we, Valley. He's an I, asshole, yeah, that character. I, I feel like we, 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 <laughs> no. we need to talk to about him for a second because he's one of the most popular characters yeah. of all time. The thing that I don't like about his character is that it's a jerk yeah. that shouldn't be a jerk. Right. <laughs> Hollywood so I, Hogan, maybe. Yes. Ugh, man, it's, it's tough with Hogan because... I feel on one sense he's good at making you want him to win. Yeah, the you know? pr- prime Hogan, sure. But at the same time, it's like he has that he does that thing that like Cena does where it's like this unintentional because he's the number one guy. Yep. Because of that, it's like there's this weird side consequence when he does something bad to somebody. It's always like by accident because of the way the story is. I yeah, don't understand. It's always like, set up to make it look like he did it by accident, right? With right. Orndorff or with Savage or anything. Well, like it's that. by sure. consequence of you being him, like being upfront and like the primary thing. So like you're defaultly supposed to agree with him, but if you think about it, it breaks <laughs> it. Like yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. I totally agree. I don't know if I put him on there in 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 either. You know, yeah. And same thing with Cena for the same reason. He's somewhere in the middle. It's like when yep. you, I think when you get up to that point when you're like this the super face character, basically the 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 face of the company, but also super face and meaning a baby face. Like, yeah, it's hard to say they're they're the best or the worst. Yes. They're just kind of there. They're there. I, I don't think he's the worst. Definitely, right. but he's not the best. I think Austin's the only one that defied that trait. I, I agree because he got over because of his character rather than his like being the baby Shoved face of the your, company. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, what about this? This is more on the gimmick side, but it works. Someone we talked about recently, the Undertaker. Right, the Undertaker is definitely up there. <laughs> I guess it's you know what the Undertaker for me the problem is with his character is the too much being in the background kind of thing. True, but a good character though. No, good character. Um, good gimmick. Good gimmick. Do I consider him, like, the best character, though? It's like, that's the thing. It's like, it seems like an easy character to play, first of all. 
That's true. You don't have to sell that much. And yeah. You, just, you talk in a lower voice. Yeah. I mean, and you, <laughs> that's a good point. And when you get hit, you no sell stuff. Yeah. And just that's get I mean. up in that like <laughs> that's that true. thing. That's the, a good point, actually. Yeah. It doesn't seem like nuanced at all. It's not. It yeah. wasn't anyway for a lot of its life. I, even now. It, yeah. In the is it like the best? I mean, like, maybe not. I, it's it, not it, the worst. It's just, is it unique? It, yes. Yeah. Unique, but. Yeah, you might be right. Maybe not. It's not nuanced enough. I, I think I'm I'm leaning again towards Flair because at least Flair has like some nuance to it. To an extent. No, well, the idea that I like, what I do like about Flair's character is that they took it to a place where he could be vulnerable and making the stud character vulnerable is an interesting concept. Yeah. Okay, I can give you that. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it's like like when they did the stuff where like he has success now, right? But now these guys are screwing with his family and shit like that, and it's like this that he built from his success. It's like you know, like okay. I, that. That's a nuanced thing. There's a little bit there. Can I throw another one at you? Sure. All right. This is a interesting one because it's similar to Flair, but it's not similar to Flair, and that'd be Dusty Rhodes' common man character, the common man, the eighties, yeah, prime Dusty Rhodes. You know. Hmm. <sighs> To every man, too broad. I think Dusty is awesome. Like, no doubt about yeah. it. Nuanced, great, great promos. Um, yeah, absolutely. Definitely great promos. Maybe it's the generation I'm from, but it's. Do I like look back and I'm like, I feel like I. It's hard to be as sympathetic for Dusty Rhodes, and I'll tell you why. Okay. It's because he's because of his size and this is nothing against like being this is not an out of shape thing or mm-hmm. anything it's that he doesn't look like he should be vulnerable like he looks like he's bigger than all of his opponents so it's harder to yes but he's also a little mushy yeah <laughs> but i'm just saying it's like dusty roads dusty Rhodes should be able to overpower any opponent the way he, he is with the, his, his fatness i'm not not even fat just that he just looks like he's a strong dude like does he all, yeah, if you if you, look, take a step back for a second and think uh, about it, this how is many a, steps? It's a big hoss, but they never portray him that way. It, essentially, he's a big hoss. He's like, supposed to be a common man, though, like the guy you'd find working at your hardware store. And I get it. If I was to think of a uh, honestly a better common man than Dusty, and this may be a credit to Dusty because he probably helped him in some capacity, is Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew you were going to bring him up, or I was even thinking about at least discussing him. Because he he truly looks like an everyman, rather than Dusty Rhodes that looks like bigger than the no- common man. I guess, but I don't know. I, Daniel Bryan was great. Dusty Rhodes, is a lo- Dusty Rhodes is a weird paradox, because he's larger than life, but literally. he's a common man. He's the like, biggie size at Wendy's. No, 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 I mean larger than life is just in everything. Like, well, promos, like, personality, yeah, yeah. character, yeah. But he's a common man at the same time, whereas Daniel Bryan... Ryan, he just he looks like a dude he looks like the underdog too yeah he looks like an underdog he looks like he could be you or me just slightly bigger sure like longer I think hair. We're actually taller than him yeah like <laughs> i love and and the idea that he's like a good wrestler like he has all the tools but he's just kind of like you can't get the job done because he's held back or whatever and I, I like that like i think those are all valid points quinn but i don't think they qualify him for this however i have one for you that i think you might agree with and i think we'd actually be remiss to not mention him at the very least but maybe even put him on mm-hmm. because he was revolutionary and that would be superstar billy graham superstar billy graham i think yeah you know what that's like a no-brainer because it's he what is Hulk, Hogan Hulk Hogan is. Yeah. He is Jesse Ventura. Yeah. A lot of guys were influenced by him. He was an innovator, one of the first of his kind. Right. The cool heel, the charismatic promos. 
Was Dusty slightly before him or not? They came up around the same time, but I know that I... I feel like Billy Graham did it better. I think that that style of promo... Yeah. He did, but Dusty's like no slouch, obviously. Well, you know what's interesting about Dusty and Superstar Billy Graham? It's the same promo style, but gone in completely different directions, whereas... The superstar Billy Graham is, I'm so great and I'm better. It's more the Ric Flair yeah. style. But Dusty is, I'm just a common man. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> Working hard uh, with my hands. Yeah, I'm just cool, calm, but, but I'm Billy a common Graham, man. But Billy Graham, I am the champion. Yeah. I, I am the greatest. I am the greatest, yeah. This is my belt. Yep. <laughs> Love that promo. Superstar Billy Graham, though. Innovator, Quinn. Innovator, yeah. I mean, there was nothing like him. He's a better character than Hulk Hogan because of that. Right. He was the reason there could be a Hulk Hogan or a Hollywood Hogan. Yes. Or a Papa Pump. Remember yep. <laughs> Papa no, Pump? There's plenty of people in his type. I feel like most of the 80s characters, it's like even to a certain extent, the ultimate warrior, he's the madman version of that of big, Billy big buff, you know, like, yeah. oh, I'm bigger than everyone and I look good and stuff like that. I wear bright colors. Yep, the tie like, dye. Yeah, it's the like. blonde hair. Yeah. That the look, long hair in the general. long blonde yep. hair. Yeah. The look. He might not have been too much in the ring, and he might not have been great in the 80s as karate Billy Graham. But before that... But superstar Billy Graham, he, I think he has to go on. He laid the foundation, so yes. I think we have to put him on, Quinn, yep. so he'll have to be number three. Okay. So we have Austin, Macho Man, and superstar Billy Graham? Yeah. All right. So we have one more. I have another one for you, if you don't mind. Sure. Now, I don't know if this will qualify, but what about the Million Dollar Man? The Million Dollar Man. <sighs> okay. So this is, this is, again, in the conundrum. It's a great gimmick. It's a great gimmick. It's the pure evil form of money yeah. that Ric Flair is. Like it's a, it's yes, a, it's, it's a, like the condensed, concentrated evil version of it, right? Yeah, it's like the it's the con- concentrated evil of Ric Flair's like <laughs> I'm rich part. Yes, exactly. That's what I think holds it back from being up there. Okay, is that it's 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 one sided. It's a yeah, it's one sided. It's a very compartmentalized version of a bunch of other things. Yeah, that's it's not nuanced. It's in your face about what it is. Right. There's no depth. To no, it. it's it's just it's this. And what do you do with it after it runs its course? That's very true. I mean, yeah. if DiBiase hadn't retired when he did, right, in 93. He was running out of even steam by anyway. Then, yeah. Exactly. So, that you know what? That's a very fair point. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't think we'll discuss him. Do you have any more? I don't know. I'm Again, I'm, I'm still, still leaning. Flair is really hard to get past because it, it's just. I know promos yeah it's just it's all there and and like piper's my number two yeah i was gonna say there's piper also (sighs) now i don't put the rock on there even though he was funny even though he's entertaining what do you think what about bobby the brain heenan oh my god yeah as a character yeah as a character right his gimmick was that he was the brain but, but the, the, there was depth to it. There was a lot of depth he to it. He was a bumbling idiot, really, a but bum- he was evil. But he was also smart. But he, he, was, he was the brain wasn't at times they would funny. say he would he wasn't as smart, but at the same time he was. Like the whole DiBiase yes. selling the contract thing and He was smart, but he was a bumbling idiot that was very funny but very mean. Yeah. It's a very it's it's a very and it's nuanced all yes. over the place. Like the tripping like things like and just yes. like as far as like a performer, he might like, be one of the best. A, yeah. a, a, a performing a character. Yep. Not any of the guys on this list had as much nuance as Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah, I guess you're right. 
Bobby the Brain Heenan is like one of a kind. It's tough to even like compare because the stuff he would just pull out of his butt basically and yeah. just, you know, just it's unbelievable like well if we think about the three that we've put on right we've put wrestlers but we didn't do a manager exactly but if we think about why we put them on with someone like stone cold steve austin it was because he was really the first to define his his archetype right yeah he was the anti-authority rebel that wanted to kick your ass and all this stuff right the beer drinking all that that's his gimmick that's his character randy savage was an egotistical guy but he had heart he had like these different difficulties and you could see them manifest right yeah billy graham was an innovator because billy graham was not only charismatic but he had the look and he could back it up in the ring right and he was the first true superstar in that regard but when you look at bobby Heenan, another innovator because he was one of the funniest personalities at yes. a time where wrestling wasn't really comedic but he could turn it on to serious exactly like in the case of rick rude right rick rude it was like i I'm no, th- I'm going to manage this guy and he's going to really hurt people like when I want him to. Sure. And then when he's going to gloat about it, when I want him to you know, yeah. gloat about it. Or like, Ric Flair. You know what Bo- Bobby does well is he portrays himself as a puppeteer, meaning as like a he, manager, as yes. pulling the strings. Yes. And if you think about it, even Vince's egomaniac, I'm pulling the strings, master plans. Bobby the Brain Heenan was all about master plans and pulling the strings, even though he would bumble his way there. It still was there, and it yeah. was a threat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Oh, man, we might have to put him on. I mean, there's Mr. McMahon's a great character, just to say a few names real quick. But Mr. McMahon's the concentrated evil version without any, like, yeah. you know, there'd be times when Vince peed his pants, and that's a Bobbyism, though. In, in essence, it's if you, bring him, yeah. if you bring him to his knees, he becomes a clown. Yeah. But if you if you allow Bobby to get one up on you, he's brutal and yeah, merciless. That's like, true. He's not nice. Yeah. <sighs> and this has nothing to do with him as a commentator necessarily. This is just the character. The character Bobby the Brain Heenan in general. And th- and that's his gimmick that fits hand in hand, right? I mean yeah. his gimmick is that he's the 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 brain, but right. he's also a weasel, you he's, know? He's a brain that is a weasel. I th- yeah. What do you think, Quinn? I, I think Bobby's in there. I think he's number four on the rush more. Yep. So, we have Stone Cold Steve Austin, we have Macho Man Randy Savage, we have superstar Billy Graham, and we have Bobby the Brain Heenan. You know what's interesting? All four of those guys have nicknames that define what they were all about, too. Isn't that funny? Well, that that makes a good character, I guess. (laughs) Right? So, folks, that is our Mount Rushmore of what we think are the best gimmicks or characters in wrestling. Let us know what you think yours are. You could do that by tweeting at us at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. And, Quinn, they can go to our website and... Yeah, comment. you can chat on there. There's yeah. comment section. So if, you know, for this podcast, you can just go to the the entry, I guess, for this episode and yeah. leave a comment right in there and talk you can talk with the other fans too, see what yep. you guys think. So love to hear what you think. So I guess Quinn, it's time to move on to the worst of the worst. And I guess I will start this one off. Yes. Since you had the first pick on the other one there. Okay, so the worst characters in gimmicks, I guess this, you know, I guess we should qualify this a little bit. I already said it can't be just some local indie crap because there's tons of crap there. Yeah, It has to be something that was somewhat prominent, I guess, even if it was short-lived. Uh, and it has to be something that maybe made no sense or the way the character <laughs> acted didn't line up with like what they were supposed to be. Maybe yeah. that would make it bad, too. Or just something that was befuddling or yeah. just out of place or inappropriate. And you know what? I know this is like 
it, you can look at mid 90s WWF or early 90s WCW and get like a laundry list of bad gimmicks. So <laughs> yeah. this might be harder. <laughs> well, than did we they think. have to be monumental enough or something? I don't like... know. I guess we'll just feel it out as we go for it. Okay. Now I'm going to throw one at you. And I'm not going to take the easiest route. I'm sure you might. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll cut some corners here, but... But what the fuck were they thinking with Teal Hopper? Wait, hey! Here! Teal Hopper here! How y'all doing out there? Teal Hopper is... <laughs> like, really? Well, you know what's befuddling about it? It's like, usually the WWF likes to comment a lot about how they, you know, is this character threatening? Like, is it a threat? Like, will they, you know, do they seem like they can beat anybody <laughs> yeah. up? And, like, Teal Hopper is a plumber. <laughs> what were they thinking? Yeah, that one makes no sense. Like, even in all those, like, that in, that group we talked about, I forget what it is, but um, that group that, like, Cornette brought in. <laughs> oh, no. He was part of yeah, it. Yeah, he was part but, of like, it. But, like, all those guys, at least at minimum, seemed like a threat. Like, the pug was, a like, wrestler. A, a wrestler. And Tracy Smother, or uh, what's his name? Freddie Joe Floyd was a wrestler. And Salvatore Sincere was, like, a wise guy. Yeah. Like, but the plumber? <laughs> like... That's Teal Hopper? One, that's one of those things that makes you embarrassed to be a wrestling fan during that period right. of time. Right, and the, his music's just a toilet flushing. I mean, let's give it this much. They got the gimmick down. It makes <laughs> sense. That's true. Like, You're right. Yeah, it do, it is what it says it is. Even it's the a, goon. Yeah, even the goon. He's a hockey player. He did it. Yeah. He was good at it. Yeah. I mean... I in its say, context. I, in its context, yes, but in practice as a professional wrestler... <laughs> It doesn't make much sense. No, it doesn't. Same thing with the wrestling garbage man, Duke the Dumpster Drozzy. Right. But but these are all like... These are easy ones. The, and here's the thing is, are they bad characters as much, like, meaning, like, is the performer performing them right? Like, you yes, know what I mean? They like, are. yes. That's the like, thing. Now, what's... I'm going to give you one here. Let's not put anything on yet. I'm going to give you one. Well, I always think the gobbledygooker makes <laughs> yeah. zero sense in every way possible. Tell because, me why. Because, so, they do this whole thing with the egg, right? Yeah. I don't know why people think this, but they think, like, Ric Flair was going to be in the that's egg. That's bullshit. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but it ends up, so, but the expectation is it's going to be a wrestler, right? Sure. And a chicken pops out, or a turkey, <laughs> or whatever the hell he is, and just starts gobbling and, and gooking. And the gobbledygook. Don't tell me you're the gobbledygooker. You've got to be kidding me. What was the expectation? What, like, to me, to the fans, I'm like, so is this guy going to wrestle? And in fact, I think there's certain fans who misremember and think he actually wrestled. Right, he didn't. But he never wrestled. No. But that's because it fails so much because I think, like, it almost is a complete failure on every front because... It's like he comes out, and then they must have realized at some point, how could a guy wrestle in this costume? <laughs> like, it doesn't, nothing about it is, like, it just doesn't work. And the sad part is, the guy in the costume was a damn good wrestler, yeah. Hector Guerrero. Yeah, Hector Guerrero. So it's like, I don't really get what anything with that Why is. Why they like, did this? What is this character? Is, is it Also, is it supposed to be human? That's never like because he didn't talk; he just gobbled and gooked. Is it like a gig? <laughs> like, is it literally a gigantic turkey? It might like, be. I don't get it. I'm not sure what that's all about. But you know what, Quinn? While we're talking about poultry, can I throw one at you? Sure. The Red Rooster. <laughs> There's a lot of things going on in the World Wrestling Federation right now, and yes, the Red Rooster wants to get his claw right in the middle of it. The Red Rooster. That oh, might be worse. Yeah. That really might be worse. Well, you know why it's worse? It's not only just um. It's unthreatening, it's stupid, or whatever. Yeah. And it's a good wrestler doing it. Yep. But it's like, 
I don't get what he's supposed to be. Because he doesn't act like an actual, like he does. Sometimes he pecks and he Sometimes he, but is that just like him getting into his like But why is he a rooster then? Is Because he like, he (laughs) postures and he's like, he's such a good representative of wrestling. So he. (laughs) What? Like a rooster is like the top of the hen house, right? So it's like he's the top of the hen house that is the WWF. He wakes you up in the morning. Like, I don't understand the motivations here. He's a cock. I'm just saying that the rooster is like the, the alpha male. You know what I'm saying? Like in But the, why would you call him the red rooster? I don't get it, man. That might be worse than the gobbledygooker. It might be. I'm serious. I think we could put both of them on. I be think honest. it ruined Terry Taylor's career. Oh yeah. It definitely ruined his career. He could have been something. He had a promising career before he's that. A good in wrestler. NWA. And a good talker. Yeah, and he comes to WWF and he's the he's red a rooster. Freaking rooster. And you know what didn't make sense about it either? What? Is the whole thing with Bobby the Brain Heen managing him? Yeah. Like what? I don't like, know. Even Bobby, like, it doesn't make any sense because Bobby picks, like, blue chippers, and, like, it doesn't, it just doesn't add up. The the ironic part of all that is that, like, after Bobby dumped him, just to, like, prove how shitty the rooster was, he picked Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah, that should say enough. <laughs> that really should say enough. Bobby's like, you're so crappy that I'm going to make the Brawler better than you. And the Brawler you. was better than him. <laughs> yeah, in that time, yes. Yeah. Rooster's uh, in, in. Yeah, Red Rooster, all without right. question. Here he goes. Die, die, die. All right, so that's one bird. But should we put the gobbledygooker in? <laughs> I don't know in? yet. I don't know. Any, who else you got? I think a lot of the people in the Dungeon of Doom don't make any sense. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. yeah like, like, like who? Um, like Loch Ness? Loch Ness. The Yeti. The Yeti. The Yeti is the best one. Yes. Because, okay, the yes. Yeti, the Yeti is like, he's not even a Yeti. He's a mummy. He's a mummy. So right off the bat, you got it wrong. Yeah, you know what? Yes, yeah, you're like, right. You don't even have to like discuss the Yeti. Like the Yeti is so freaking horrible in every way. Like the character makes no sense. The like the he doesn't even do anything. He just he, hugs he hug- with the giant. They like it's, it's and, so creepy. Yeah, and and the worst part is the Yeti's doing it from the back. And he's got like toilet paper wrapped around him, yeah. and they call and Shivani calls him the Yeti. <laughs> and the Yeti. Everything about him is a failure. I think that has to also, like you said, he, he can't really be discussed further. You look at it and you're like, "This is bad." What's that guy's name? The mummy? No, it's the Yeti. Yeah, the, fail. I, what's hilarious is that I've shown this to um, casual fans or people who don't know wrestling as much. Well, Donnie was one of them, right? Yeah, he just didn't get it. Yes, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. He's the Yeti, but he's dressed like a mummy, and he doesn't do anything. And yeah. why did they do this? Because WCW, if you're with me, I'll turn the key and throw him into the desert. Throw him in. All right, he's in. Die, die, die. Oh, we're breezing through this, huh? Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. easier than I thought. Man, the Yeti. What about um Sparky Plug? <sighs> Not offensive enough? Not offensive enough because... At the very least, the idea also is that he's an athlete because race car drivers were considered athletes back then. I'm an athlete every time I go buy cigarettes then. Yeah. But, I mean, they, they are athletes to a certain degree because it, it does take a lot to drive a car. But it takes but, a lot to drive my 98 no, Nissan. No, I mean like for like 500 laps or whatever. Yeah, so whatever. The, yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't think Sparky Plug falls into that. Okay. That um, bad, bad, bad okay, gimmick. Okay, um, Fair enough. There's a lot of WWF stuff. A lot of WCW stuff. Remember Arachnaman? The yeah. The Spider-Man ripoff? That was pretty damn bad. There was also um, Glacier. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, there is Glacier. There's always Glacier. There's always Glacier. Now, Glacier was Mortal Kombat. He was Sub-Zero. Yeah. And what's even worse to compound his crappiness, there's <laughs> yeah. like they made like arch enemies that would only fight Glacier like Mortis. Yes. Mortis was one of them. Yeah. So was what was all of that? that was and, horrible. and James Vanderbeek. Vander, Vander, Vandenberg. No, it wasn't his. Oh, yeah. Vandenberg. But they, yeah. they, what, it's Sinister Minister. But yes, like James Vanderbeek was the guy from Dawson's Creek. Okay. Sorry, wrong Vander. It's fine. <laughs> Art Vandalay. Yeah. Uh, you, you know what, though? Can I just throw another WCW one out there while we're at sure. it? The Kiss Demon? Why? 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 Well, at, why? Least, at least he's Kiss. I mean... In the 90s? <laughs> I'm just saying, at least it makes sense. Come on! I don't know. You're okay with the Kiss Demon? Fine. Okay. You know, Crime Time's pretty strange, Ooh. too. Yeah. Crime Time It's kind sucked. of befuddling because, like... I, I couldn't tell if they were, like, gangsters or hoodlums. But they were, like, like jokey faces, too. Yeah, and, with like... A stupid they were, name. And they were, like... They were acting like they were baby faces, but they were literally stealing things. Like, and I just... It doesn't make any sense. It's, it's like, is this encouraged? Like, <laughs> That's like, a good point, Quinn. I don't get it. I didn't like Crime Time at all. Be, not because of the wrestlers, because they were good. Yeah. They were actually pretty good. Because of the gimmick. Because of the character. Because they were faces that acted like heels. It didn't make sense. And, but there's plenty of faces that we just were talking yeah. about Jake the Snake. Yeah. Maybe not them, but you know what's one? Hold on. If we were talking tag teams, the Ding Dongs. Oh what even is that? Yeah. Like, okay. You yeah, know what? Like, yes. what? Like, literally, what is that? Yeah, what is that? It's just a, it's a bell joke. Like, a ring bell joke you know that highbrow bell humor yeah and, and on top of that they look like they look like uh remember penises well not only that but you remember the in pulp fiction like zed or whatever yeah. like zed's dead and like putting the the ball in the mouth like they look like weird sadomasochistic like golden like conquistadors but not yes, yeah right. like you know what I, you're right when the ding-dongs yeah. have to go in yeah they, that was I, they, awful they're incomprehensible like I'm, what that is i'm with you that was never gonna get over it was never gonna be anything good so they are going down to the desert let's yeah. just throw them in there die 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 yes what about irs i like irs i i know you like him but does the idea like i don't get the accountant like would be wrestling thing it's a tax man yeah, but I mean, he's kind of a accountant slash taxman. I'm only saying that because like a, a guy who worked for the IRS is essentially an accountant. He counts True. numbers, like so. You're right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, if he's literally <laughs> supposed to be like he works for the IRS, like why would he be wrestling? Well, I mean, when you think of IRS, do you think fun? No. And he was perfect at that gimmick because he was so freaking. <laughs> yeah, boring. I mean, I guess. And he was a good wrestler. He was okay. Well, I mean, again, it's not about the wrestling of the I know, character. I know. It's the character IRS. Yeah. Does it make any sense? Like, it, it makes more sense than the ding dongs. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like an accountant in like a with a tie on. Like, I just never like. I was like, why am I supposed to think this guy has any business in the ring? Like, I if know. I don't know that that's Mike Rotunda, if I'm yeah, just yeah. somebody coming on right. to watch this, right? You know what I mean? No, you're right. I get it. I don't know if I can call him one of the worst, though. I'm just, yeah, I'm just throwing him out. I there. would say Cowabunga the Ninja Turtle was worse in WCW. That was pretty mm -hmm. bad. Or Robocop. Well, I mean, that was actually Robocop. Yeah, that's kind of cool, actually, if you're a kid. But <laughs> what about? Oh, I have one. Jeff Jarrett, the country singer. Yeah, I mean, right? 
an entertainer while well, he's in sports entertainment. I mean, but he was a singer that didn't sing for like two years, and his whole idea was he wanted to use wrestling as a stepping stone to country music. Yeah, what kind of garbage is that? I don't get it. Talk about being off the mark as far as what your audience cares about. Yeah, I mean that was pretty stupid. Yeah, but rockabilly and you know Ooh, rockabilly's like all that shit like honky tonk uh, man is stupid because. Hear me out on this. Honky Tonk Man acted like he invented the idea of Elvis. Like Elvis ripped <laughs> him off, but he didn't, Well, that's kind of funny though. But he didn't like, sound like Elvis. He didn't talk like Elvis. He didn't sing Elvis songs. It was always country music, like Roy Orbison songs. He, I don't know. I think he's good enough I just of a don't character. Like him, yeah, I think you just don't like him. Dough. What about Mantar? <laughs> Ooh. You know, Mantar's pretty bad. It looks like a half-man, half-beast. What do you call him, Mantar? Mantar, that's right. I know that's, like, one of the cliche, easy ones. Well, you know what the thing with Mantar is when I'm thinking about, like, logically? Mm -hmm. I still don't really perfectly understand what he is. Oh, he's half-man, half-tar. What is that? Tar. Like, it's it's like a minotaur, but... It's what you pave your driveway with. But, like, a man... Man, talk, like I, I just don't get it. Like I, no maybe one did. Call me, call me stupid or something. But I don't think anyone will call you stupid for not getting Mantar. Yeah, but I like. Is he like a ram? But he's human. Like, yeah. is he? Because he would like. Yep. <laughs> okay, wait. If I was to top Mantar, yes. what about Bastion Booger? Oh man, that's a good like, one. Like, really, what is he? Like, he's a big fat guy that just eats. But it seems like there's something more to it that I can't put my finger on. There's like, literally nothing more to it, Quinn. He's a big fat guy. He just eats, right? Yes. But that, why do I want to see that? <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I, why I, do I want to see that? I just don't understand. I don't get it. <laughs> That's pretty stupid, actually. Yeah, now that, that I think about it, it's just it's pretty stupid. It's just a guy who eats. It's just a guy who eats a lot. If I wanted to see that, I can go to the Olive Garden down the street here. Okay, so I've done the math on this never-ending pasta bowl. There's 42 different sauce and pasta combinations. Yeah. And there's seven of us. Right. So if we come here on three different nights... Well, you do the math, I'm doing the Alfredo. (laughs) Shut the fuck up! And why is he a wrestler? I don't know. If he just... He should be in an eating competition. He would win. Yeah. He sucked. Really, like that guy sucked. Yeah, he really sucked. Not you know the wrestler. You know He's what? A nice as a guy, character, but, yeah. oh man, now I'm just going down the it's line okay. here. We but, got a couple minutes. Um, freaking uh, Ludwig Borga. What is he like? Oh, he's an angry Finn. That's Finnish it? man. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it does. Aren't people in Finland like known to be very like happy? Like, isn't that like one of the happiest places to live or something? Until they come here and they see what America's crumbling, Lex Luger. <laughs> so he's like mad about our pollution. So he's like, I hate Lex yeah. Luger. So Lex Luger, look at this. This building is crumbling. Like America is crumbling. I don't get. I'm not I, making it up. No, but I mean, like they don't even clarify if he's like because he's dressed like he's like MMA or something. Like I'm not sure. Like he's got like the gloves. He was a tough man. <laughs> that was his gimmick. He was That's like a he little... was a tough man. Beaver cleavage. Done. Beaver cleavage. Done. Mm. No. Co- what? No, what? <laughs> yeah, but in the context, that makes sense. It does not make sense. He's supposed to be Ozzy and Harriet. I don't know. Like, he's supposed they, to be Leave It to Beaver. Right, but I mean, it wasn't Ozzy and Harriet the parents of Leave It to Beaver? No. Uh, but War, whatever. Ward and June. Ward and June, sorry. It's but okay, it's 50s. It's, yeah, but it's like, he's supposed to be a 50 sitcom. Why? I don't know why, but... <laughs> why do I want to see that? I mean, Beaver Cleaver. And why was that his name? <laughs> That's a top contender. Why was that his name? She was the one with the cleavage. Well, that was the joke, right? 
It was a bad joke. He's the beaver with cleavage. No, this goes on, Quinn. I don't even care. (laughs) Come on. Is this just because you hate Vince Russo? No, I like Vince Russo. But come on, Joe. Like... Yeah, but we were talking about making sense in the context of the character. That makes no sense! Why is he all of a sudden from the 50s? But the eating guy somehow doesn't, like... Why is he wrestling? I'll tell you what, if he ate a lot but he was skinny, it wouldn't make sense. Well, actually, okay, I I can see beaver cleavage because if you think about it, like, if he's supposed to be, like, a kid... Yes. Like, why is he a wrestler? It makes no sense. And why is he, like, screwing his mom but it's his girlfriend? Yeah. And why is his name Beaver Cleavage? And that's a stupid name. And why do they do that? <laughs> no, it's Quentin. Okay, come, yeah, fine. It's worse than Bastion Booger because at least Bastion Booger is a big fat guy that eats. Yeah, but he shouldn't. He's not really a wrestler. Like, he gets distracted by eating. Beaver Cleavage, though. Can I just repeat the words to you? I know. Did you like it when it happened? Not really, and I didn't really particularly understand why it was happening. Exactly. Well, I didn't understand it because I was like, is this like somebody's weird sexual fantasy? <laughs> Vince Russo's. Yeah. Is that he could be the beaver and have sex with the, the cleavage the cleavage person, whatever she was. I and it's never clarified if she's his mom she's or his she's his mom and girlfriend. And girlfriend. Right. So I don't get it. It's like, horrible. She, yeah. See? See how we don't even understand it? Okay, fine. Die, die, die. Thank the Lord. <laughs> so we did it, Quinn. We yeah. made it through. So who do we have on here? We have the Ding Dongs on here. Ding Dongs. We have uh, Beaver, Beaver cleavage. cleavage on here. We got the Yete. We got the Yete on here and the Red Rooster. Yep. That is a pretty sorry ass I'm list. sure there could be plenty more. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and folks, we want to hear. We know we missed people on both of these because we're doing this off the top of our head. We are our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, and we want to hear from you. So let us know who are the four best and four worst gimmicks or characters in your opinion. You could let us know by tweeting at us at OVP Podcast. You can email us and go to our website, right? All right. All right, folks, we will be reviewing something after this. Vince Russo, sexually frustrated, peanut brained, uh, lowest common denominator appealer, happened to see that Chaz Warrington of the Headbangers, so they decided to give him the single stupidest career killing gimmick, probably even worse than the Red Rooster because the Red Rooster got some payoffs out of it. Uh, this thing lasted a couple of months. It was dead on arrival. It was, Nobody gave a fuck. People laughed at it. A uh, good kid that didn't deserve that, all because Russo noticed that when he smiled, he looked a little bit like a like Beaver Cleaver, and so he got some big t- blonde model from somewhere outside wrestling uh, to them be his mother, Mother Cleavage or whatever Beaver Cleavage, and it was all t- jokes and and it was embarrassing, and it was another case of disrespecting the business by Voldemort, bro. I'm watching Jim Cornette, and I'm sitting there saying to myself, oh, my God, am I becoming Jim Cornette? You're listening to Our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast, the fastest growing weekly episodic retro wrestling audio podcast in the world. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to Our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast. Thank you so much for being with us. Quinn, it's our final segment. We are reviewing something. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we are. And this is by uh, iTunes Review Request. Well, not so much a request as much as we made a promise <laughs> yeah. that if we got two re- review requests within the iTunes reviews. Yes, to then, review it. Yeah, and this is, I had to get a beer for this. This is, 
<laughs> now, folks, I usually don't drink during the podcast, especially in the morning because yeah. we're live. Yeah, you know, when everyone's well, listening to this, of course. But you got to do what you got to do for the job. Yeah, <laughs> got to put like vodka in your coffee or something. I don't know. Well, it'd be like whiskey, probably. Wh- whatever. You got to put something that's strong. Rum in your Coca Cola. Yeah, rum in your cola. You sure there's no rum in that Coca Cola? <laughs> something like that. <sighs> All right, so folks, we're doing it. We're reviewing WCW Thunder. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. And uh, let me just briefly explain. I Most of you probably know what it is, but just a quick refresher. Thunder was WCW's B-show from January of 98 until WCW closed. It mm-hmm. was a two-hour show, just like Nitro was. Yeah. It was on TBS, not TNT. Yeah. It was on Thursday nights to start. Right. And for the first little bit of it, I'd say 98, it was actually a pretty good show. Right, because they, you know, they were trying to launch it, right? Yes. They, this is the same thing when the WWF moves any show to a different channel or something like that. Yeah. Like, remember how SmackDown recently moved to USA and they, yep. they were like, all of a sudden, hey, it's a real show now. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Now, one of the things about Thunder that was distinguishing characteristic-wise, aesthetically, was it was the blue show. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Quinn, why don't you explain the blue show? Well, you know how SmackDown is the blue show and it's on Thursday nights. Yep. Well, this is also on Thursday nights and it was the blue show, but this was first. This was first. Yeah. So, so. this was actually kind of unique. Now, I do I do want to mention, uh, they moved it to Wednesday nights in January of 2000. So this is the Wednesday version that we watched. Yes, because this is May 3rd, 2000. Now, I want to preface this. Because the adventure we're about to undertake here is a very rocky road. I want to preface this with A, we did not intentionally choose this specific episode for anything that may or may not happen on it. Yes, because we <laughs> literally just looked and we're like, what is an episode in the 2000s? And we just clicked on it. That's it. Yeah. So we wanted something from 2000 because we knew it wouldn't be good. Right. <laughs> that was the idea. Well, we knew it was during the Vince Russo yes, era, too. Exactly. So we're reviewing WCW Thunder from May 3rd, 2000. And Quinn, we get a cold open with a limo ramming into another limo that's like yeah. all it is well i does it ram into it yes. or, okay because there's other limos later so i'm, I'm there's a lot of limos yeah. in this show you know what's the weird part we just watched this and i'm already like confused like <laughs> I, like i don't remember everything all the way because there's so much that happens oh, in this show there's just like clip after clip in the cold open here david arquette Luger, Vince Russo, DDP. Then someone says Kevin Nash is killing three guys. <laughs> Kevin Nash is killing three guys! Hogan's got like dumb non-Hollywood Hogan but black attire on. Mike Awesome's in the cold open. Elizabeth <laughs> is dressed like a mom. Yep. Jeff Jarrett. Ugh. So what's weird about the opening is that I guarantee you all of this happened in one week on like Nitro. Yeah, this is all like Nitro clips, right? Yeah. When you even told me, you're like, I feel like we walked into a time warp. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I remember during this time, it just everything was, especially on WCW at this point in time, everything was so in your face and like, like that weird, like they would try to put like a CRT filter on a show on CRT. Yeah. Like, do you ever notice that? <laughs> yes. Like, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, just like that, like that there's chaos everywhere yep. fighting backstage yep. and they, like they were really all about that this is at the height or i guess the valley of the vince russo era folks and we are in memphis at the mid-south coliseum yeah the the, the famous mid-south coliseum yeah, as they say absolutely and we're hosted by this was interesting tony shivani which first of all he was still doing thunder by then i guess they didn't have anybody else mike Tanay, which makes sense yeah 
And Bobby the Brain Heenan? I swear Bobby the Brain Heenan wasn't in WCW <laughs> at this point in time. He, he By looks, May of 2000? He looks like he doesn't care at all. Well, I, I, I don't care at all either. <laughs> <laughs> so, we go backstage to the Millionaire's Club. Now, folks, this is during this period of time where Bischoff and Russo reunited, you know, or yeah. united on screen. Yeah. And we had them heading up the new blood, which was all the younger, underpushed guys, right, Quinn? Right. Like and, Billy Kidman. Yeah, there, sure. Like, like that. And Conan. Like Conan, yeah. <laughs> Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio's a heel with no mask. Yeah, Michael Awesome, <laughs> guys like that. And they fought the Millionaire's Club. That was the few the Millionaire's Club Quinn was what? It was like all the older talent, like Hulk Hogan and Diamond Dallas Page. Sting. Sting. Flair. Flair, yeah. It was just the guys that were like the established people, like even Kevin Nash. Nash, like, yeah. yeah. And Horace Hogan. Yeah. Of course. Well, because a Hogan stooge has to always follow Hogan. Mm-hmm to anything i'm surprised beefcake wasn't out there i'm surprised well later we see him but i'm surprised duggan just wasn't in normal form <laughs> yeah in, right in the millionaires club so we cut backstage there and they're just looking at a door the whole time and quinn you told me you feel bad for bobby heenan yes because i don't want to say he's above it because it's wrestling at the end yeah, of the it's day wrestling. but at the same time like this seems to be smirch even bobby the brain heenan's standards like this is <laughs> This is awful. Um, backstage limo is pulling up, and the Millionaire's Club assaults the New Blood who get out of the limo, and that includes Russo and Bischoff. This is this is the weirdest assault ever because if I recall, there's a lot of guys standing around and some of them are like smiling like this is like it's so chaotic that I think the people involved are like this is stupid like while they're like acting it out or whatever like like what are we doing I swear I saw like Crush like just like kind of laughing like like as he was like doing it this episode by the way is brought to you by Castrol GTX well they they brought every wrestling in the nineties they scooped that sponsor from WWF. Well, I don't think they scooped it as much. Wrestling was just popular. I think I'm pretty sure G- Castro GTX was also doing WWF at the same time. Maybe they were. Yeah. Uh, then we get a great recap. It's of David Arquette winning the title. Great. <laughs> now wait a sec. He's the champion right now, isn't he? Yes. During this. Oh God. The whole build. He's not even on the show. No, he's not on the show. The whole build here is for Slamboree, which is coming up soon. Great. <laughs> Slamboree 2000, the show everybody wanted to see. <laughs> so in this recap, Jeff Jarrett tells David Arquette that he's like you decided to be a sports entertainer you decided to be a sports entertainer you know why this isn't sports entertainment because it's jeff jarrett (laughs) it's not even entertaining yeah it's not even entertaining (laughs) jeff jarrett can't do sports entertainment you know what i mean like he's not entertaining at all it's true backstage russo yells at the new blood are you guys kidding me or what where the hell are you so, really, really, like, that makes them just love being in the New Blood, doesn't he? This yeah. whole show, you are, like, all, like, about the New Blood, and I'm the whole I'm, time, I'm like, okay. I'm watching this, and I'm like, why should I like this crew? Because their leader is a dick. Here's like, the thing, folks. Here's the thing that pisses me off about this angle. Right. And, Quinn, you know this, because I was telling you while we were watching it. The New Blood was the heels, even though you would want to think that the underdog, underpushed, younger guys should be the faces against the crabby, out of shape, washed up Here's old guys. Here's the problem: is you're looking at it completely on paper, Joe. Right? I'm looking at it in practice, <laughs> and seeing this play out, there's nothing about the New Blood that is appealing or makes you want to root for them. At all. Yeah, but what's like, appealing about the Millionaire's Club, Quinn? At least they're not douchebags. But they're old douchebags. Like, but they're not portrayed that way in this episode at all. 
this is like them assaulting them. If you looked at the clips they were showing, it looked like the Millionaires Club were getting their asses handed <sighs> them and getting beat up. Listen, all I have to say is Tammy Sitch is there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the New Blood comes out to ringside, all 45 of them. And Quinn, you say to me, how did Chris Candido wind up in this mess? Yeah, I I knew he was like with Sonny at this point in WCW. And they did the like Sonny would have like the fake Rick Rude music and like (laughs) strip tease with like tape around her bra so that her boobs look bigger and just very embarrassing stuff. But like. I just didn't know he was in the new blood. Yeah, it's sad. And then we got young Vampiro also. Yeah, bra. Yeah, or bra. whatever he says. Yeah, bro. Fuck. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what he says. But he doesn't even talk in this. He's no. still like the Undertaker or something. Yeah. <laughs> Russo gives you know a very Russo promo, and I still don't get why the new blood were booked as the heels. I get right now they're the heels. Yes, right. and they're acting like heels. But why did they make them the heels? Is what I'm asking. What I don't get, and I say this to you, is I don't get why they didn't put opposing leaders on them like instead they have rick flair leading the millionaires club but shouldn't a bischoff have led them against russo right perfect. that makes a million times more sense that would have been perfect but then now you got this bischoff and russo this doesn't this why contingency would first of all those guys are in even in canon storyline they're supposed to both have big egos so why would anyone expect this to work that's part of the shock value but anyway <laughs> The Millionaires Club then comes out to American Made Hogan's WCW theme yeah, song. Even that's kind of funny. Yeah, even though he's wearing the black attire. Now, this is during, by the way, Quinn Bischoff's gray, fluffy hair period. This is the first gray hair period for yeah, Bischoff. Yeah, it's very fluffy. Yeah, he thought he looked really cool. <laughs> he looked like an idiot. Yeah. Uh, all the old assholes come out and Horace Hogan. Yeah. Russo says that you people cheer the club because you're scum, and they're scum too. These people cheer you because they're scum. Just like every one of you. <laughs> okay, whatever, Russo. Yep. Now, you notice this Flair, like, he looks like Bischoff. They have the same hair, but yes. Flair's is, like, obviously bleach blonde, but it's, yeah. like, because his is so bleach blonde, he looks like he has white hair, yeah, and Bischoff has white. gray hair. So it's very funny. Yeah. So this is, Quinn and I didn't get this at first, but we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Russo says there's New York rules tonight, which means there's no rules. Yep, and you had said this. Isn't New York the safest city in, in 19, by this time? 2000, yeah. yeah, it, it's, yeah it's very it's, safe. This is the, the safe era with cops on every block and yeah. all this there's no crime in near i mean there's crime but there's not as it's very little they should have said like camden rules you know yeah. <laughs> so flair calls him a dipshit <laughs> yeah to take a look at who you're talking to i did okay and i was saying this to you i know like this is a horrible time yes but i always thought flair adapted to this better than pretty much anyone as far as the old timers he did like because flair was already back in the day saying whatever the hell came to mind and yeah. he would always kind of adapt but flair's freaking awesome like there's other things that happen in this that are like, amazing you're just like this guy's great like he's yep. still entertaining you like, know me quinn i'm not the biggest rick flair fan but he's the best part of this show yeah he he's really awesome is. yeah he really is and then he also says this is a collection of the greatest wrestlers that ever lived and horse hogan well he's kind of right <laughs> i mean like there is like a lot of like if you look at the hogan, raw talent up there Sting, ddp ddp Na- uh, nash that's about it yeah. um big stupid brawl to start the show and the announcers sell this and and i know quinn they should it's their job but they sell this brawl like it's the most amazing thing like it's startling or something <laughs> yeah. like that like have we never Here's the thing that's weird about um, the Shivani and stuff saying this is that didn't the NWO just used to brawl with a bunch of people? Uh, yeah. 
This is just like a couple years it's later. The it's the same thing. thing. It's yeah. the same thing. We go to commercial again, and hey, it's a match. No, it's yeah. Slapnuts Jeff Jarrett coming out with Kimberly. What? I don't get this. Joe, like, I, I don't either. Okay, so they did this thing where Kimberly turned heel in, like, I want to say 99 or late 99. Maybe like 2000. late 99, yeah. And, okay, so I don't understand it because Kimberly's character in canon that she was, she was sweet and kind of a dope, like, a little remember, bit. Remember the, when she, the Diamond Doll, she was kind of, yeah. a, and, and then she, she dated was, Evad and all that, and, and she <laughs> was kind of dopey. But, and like, she now was she was just a Nitro girl, you know? Yeah, but, like, it was never that she was some. Bitch. maniacal like yeah woman like crazy woman like like and that she hated her husband and all this it's like really a bizarre turn it's it's bad because jared first of all cuts a horrible promo because jared's horrible and then kimberly gives this horrible heel promo where she calls the fans marks oh yeah and jeff jared's talking about heat Ooh, so edgy, you know, insider terms. Yeah. Heat marks. Remember when Kimberly was Heidi on Home Improvement? Okay, yeah, I do remember that because I always was, why do they look exactly the same? Like, that is the weirdest thing ever. Does everybody know what time it is? Right? Yes. Kimberly and Heidi. <laughs> they look the same. Especially if you look at mid-90s Kimberly. Yes. Like, I'm talking the, you know, the Diamond Doll version. And mid-90s Heidi. Yeah, they're they the, same the same person. Yeah. <laughs> so then, all this time, Jarrett's going on and on about Chris Canyon. So Canyon finally comes out. Jarrett beats him up. This is where we got confused. It turns into a match without a ref. Okay, this is where I want to address this. Every match on this card isn't really a match. This is what New York rules is. Yes. It means that you have to basically beat your opponent down, but pin him, but you have to count the count. Or somebody else, maybe. And then they mark it as like a win for your team it's or whatever. So stupid. So what I realized is we somehow, by accident... Yes picked a show with no wrestling matches on it there's not a single ref to be found nope not at all nothing um so while this is going on ddp runs in diamond cuts jarrett canyon counts his own pin what the fuck ever whatever yeah Yeah. backstage russo yells at the wall and i'm talking about the wrestler not like the side of a house the actual the wall the wrestler wrestler. which i was like wow the wall i haven't haven't seen him in years i totally forgot he even existed yeah me too actually I, yeah, totally, honestly, totally with you, Quinn. No, no shame in that. Now, this is where we realized this whole night was in New York rules. And Quinn, you tell me that means they all wear jeans. Yeah. So like everything's like a street fight now. Yeah. Like Lex Luger comes out like at some point yeah. and he's just wearing jeans yeah. like and everyone's except like Sting, I want to say. Sting's in his normal attire. Yeah. So that that's actually the next match is the wall versus Lex Luger. Ah, right. OK. That's where Russo runs out to do commentary. And so does Flair. Oh, my God. Flair is amazing because like. At first, well, you had said during this match, like, why doesn't Russo just interfere? And I'm like, well, Flair's fucking crazy, and yeah. he's right next to him, and yep. he's like, I'm going to, you know, like, he's going to get him or something. That's like, true. You know? Now, Russo has a, does have a funny line here. He's like, sit down, Shivani, don't have a heart attack. Oh, sit down, Shivani, don't have a heart attack. There's a very funny moment also where Russo throws Flair over the announce table. Like, Flair shittily falls over it. Well, Flair kind of takes a brutal bump, like, to the chin. Like, he falls right on his chin, like, over the table. Yep. And then Russo (laughs) takes a baseball bat and hits Luger in the balls with it. (laughs) And then Russo gets in the ring and he calls out Ric Flair. And then they rumble. And Flair gets the figure four on Russo until, like, who cares runs in. Who was that? I don't even know who that was. Mike or something? Mike Awesome. Mike Awesome. I don't know. Russo's all over the show. No, he is. This is the Vince Russo show. 
basically. Meanwhile, Miss Elizabeth, or Elizabeth, whatever they called her, is still abducted. So there's some story going on here that Miss Elizabeth has been abducted by the New Blood. Yeah. So why does no one arrest them? I don't get this it. This is like slavery or like kidnapping. They're like, like literally dragging her around against her will the whole time. Right. And she's like supposed to be dating Lex Luger. Is it like when she comes to work that she has to go into their custody <laughs> and then like they don't let her go yeah, until Lex sense. Luger can fight them off or whatever he has to do? <laughs> Like, is, did we miss something where there was a match where Luger lost, like, Miss Elizabeth? <laughs> I don't know, Like, and it was Quinn. some kind of agreement for, like, a month? Like, I'm so confused. <laughs> also, Chronic is here. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, so Crickets. K- really. Yeah, really. Kidman storms out while Flair is still in the ring, so they wrestle while Flair is, like, still in his casual attire. He does not remove this white shirt and, like, khakis <laughs> the whole it's, night. It's awesome. Yeah. Shivani informs us that it's 2 nothing Millionaire's Club what so, so now there, there's a, this is what i meant there's yeah. a score they're keeping score so flair somehow works in a flare flop in a no rules b- brawl well he's fr- he's flair and he's awesome like, yeah he wrestles the same match no matter what is yep. what you mean well i like him it, it's <laughs> at least it's cohesive compared to this garbage fair enough so then conan and ray mysterio no without his mask, mask. yeah Ugh. Ugh. oof Hi, yo, Holmes. Yo, Holmes, I'm a heel. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> what? Like, seriously? I, I know it's ridiculous. So they run out to beat up Flair until <laughs> Fubu Gear Kevin Nash comes out. <laughs> There's a lot of Fubu in this episode, actually. <laughs> Fubu hats, Fubu jerseys, just terrible. When you were commenting on Conan, you're like, "Hey, he looks like a balloon." Yeah, Conan is like whole. I was really like taken aback how much steroids he was using. Like, I. <laughs> Because I don't remember Conan looking this, like, buff and, like, or, ridiculous. Or puff, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> he, say, say puff. Just, he looks like somebody had, like, those, like, comical, like, tire thing and, like, <laughs> poked it into his, like, leg or something and then pressed it. You know, like, in the, the Simpsons yeah, arcade him. game yeah. and you have to, like, hit the button and Bart tries to inflate his face up or whatever? That. <laughs> so then Dark Attire Hogan runs out and helps Nash beat up Mike Awesome. Where did now, he come from, by the I way? I don't know if we remarked on this, but... But Hogan has a thing on the back, and so does Horse. It's like F-U-N-B or something. I forget what that stands for. This is actually fuck, fuck you, you something, yeah. But I don't remember I, what. I don't know what that new means. New blood. Oh, fuck you, new blood. Wow. Fuck you, new blood. That's that's great. Very edgy. Yeah. Nash gets on the mic and announces that Mike Awesome won the match due to outside interference. But then they they they, they like they don't they, they never say that because yeah. later in the show they're acting like they got shut out. Yep. Like the announcers are even saying that. Then he crotch chops over Mike Awesome. Really? Like well, really? He just wants to go back to WWF at this I point. I don't blame him. Vampiro is in some dark crevice of the arena. I like that Vampiro. Like throughout all of this, he's basically still like the Dark Lord character or whatever yeah, he is. So it's like pope. I live in the basement, and like <laughs> it's like I'm part of this team. But you know what? I don't really hang out with them. He might be in our basement. Right right now we have to go check he's behind the crevices <laughs> so vampiro fights ddp and then sting runs in to have some shitty brawl but there's the fake bloodbath yeah I, well I, I always like this because ddp like gets the blood on him and he like does. he, looks, he cool. looks cool as hell after he 
wins with a diamond cutter here. So, Quinn, you were right, though, because now it's 4 nothing according to the announcers. But yes. they, they don't even know. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's parts in this where they don't know other things, too, which are important. They have no idea what's going on, neither do we. Mike Awesome hobbles back out and yells at Sting into the mic. He tells him to fly your fat man ass out here. <laughs> and to, to which we laughed, yeah. because that was actually funny. That's funny. Why don't you just fly your fat man ass on down here? So he comes out. Sting comes out. They have a match. This is Russo, by the way, Quinn, just to interject. This whole show is Russo with a capital R. Oh, no ref? You know what? Russo would have no ring I if know. he could. Yeah, I know. This is ridiculous, this show. Then- I, I didn't realize, like, I knew we were going into a Russo era, but I didn't think, like, it would be this bad. Like, I know. But I feel like we we walked into an exceptionally <laughs> shitty show. <laughs> we like, did. Like, but, and that's not even, like, our fault. No, we didn't mean to yeah. do this, folks, I promise. So then doesn't, like, Van Halen beat up Michael? Yeah, Austin? Van what's Hammer. His name? I, what's Hagar? funny is that is that he's in, uh, aligned with the Millionaire's Club because he's been around <laughs> since, like, 1991, which he never, he always looked young, which yeah, I thought I was weird. It's weird. It's like, this guy's been around for a million years. Like, Yeah, Million Years Club. Yeah. Scorpion Deathlock from Sting gets the win, or well, Whatever. Here's the thing: Who it, cares? He, he gets the win. He gets a Scorpion Deathlock submission win in a match that has no ref to it's call ama- the submission. It's amazing. Yeah, which is really awesome. So we go backstage, and this is a common theme. Russo's just still yelling at his own guys. So yeah, it seems like the 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 club or the new heads. What are their name? New Blood. New Blood. They're, they're like <laughs> basically the theme is they're falling apart. Like yeah. they're every after every loss, it's more arguing and yep. stuff like that. So. So he tells Scott Steiner that he's their last hope. <laughs> so It's not even the end of the show. I know. I thought this was the end of the show because he said that. I know. So Steiner wanders out with, like, Medeja. And Shakira. And Sha- Who the f- hell is Shakira? I don't remember her. But it's not the singer, Shakira. Her hips do lie. He gives a promo where he says ass a lot and he breaks kayfabe or something. Who cares Doesn't anymore? Doesn't he, he craps on Hogan? It's like, yeah. I'm the best wrestler in this company now yeah. or something. But like, honestly, Quinn, no one cared then. No one cares now. Big Papa Dump is yeah. your hookup. Holla if you hear me. But then he says, essentially, he's going to go to Hogan's house and fuck his wife. He does. <laughs> I'm going to go to your house and I'm going to prove it to your woman until she calls me the big bad booty daddy. I was, like, genuinely stunned by this. Like, I was like, really? So that actually brings out Hogan for this match. Yeah. They fight into the crowd where big, fat Hugh Morris helps Hogan. Right. And, Quinn, you had a great line here. I said, I don't think Hugh Morris has ever been a millionaire in his life. (laughs) Why is he in the Millionaire's Club? I don't know. Like, seriously. They double-team Dump for a while. And, Quinn, you asked me, why is no one helping Dump? Yeah, this was befuddling because... Two seconds ago, Bischoff goes, you're our last hope, and Russo's cheering him on, too. Yeah. And then he's getting double teamed. And, and no one like, the him. whole night, there's been interference yeah, on both sides. right, right. And no one helps this guy. Like, it's amazing. And he rightfully, when they go to the back, is he's like, mad. he's like, screw this. I'm not in this anymore. Like, you guys suck. <laughs> like, I don't blame him. Like, <laughs> so he actually just leaves. That's the best part. Yeah. He leaves because he, just he was le- getting yeah, double like He's he like, walks I'm, away. Yeah, and he's just like, he doesn't take the loss. He just gets out of there. So allegedly, Hogan wins by count out, but there's no ref. So, mm-hmm. I mean. Also, as Steiner's walking backstage, you say to me, Quinn, how is Doug Dillinger still there? How was that guy? Like, he never left, did he? <laughs> no. And I always thought it was funny that the WWE never picked him up. Nope. Yeah. They were like, no, we have our own security It's like, no, you're just WCW. We don't want you. Yeah. It'd be like if WWE picked up Ralphus, like, after the demise. That would have been okay. 
Anyway, backstage Bischoff's on the phone and he's got a recliner that he's sitting in. And then, like you said, when Dump wanders in yeah. and just yells at them and leaves. Yeah, he's just like, I'm done with this. Like, he yeah. says that. He's like, why didn't no- yeah, he's like, why didn't no one help me? This is like the most logical thing that happens on the show. <laughs> Scott Steiner, yeah. of all people. He's just like, this is stupid. I'm out. Like, <laughs> so we cut to the outside where there's another limo. Like, who cares? How many limos? Uh, Shane Douglas waddles out now with Bagwell to face Chronic. End <sighs> the show, please. Crush. Oh. Uh, Crush, crushing Cron- Adam Bomb. So they have a horrible match. Chronic wins, and they holds up the belts. And Quinn, this is where you ask me. Okay, I asked this. I go, I go. Was this for the titles? And then, literally two seconds later, Shivani goes, "Was this for the titles?" <laughs> like the with the same tone and everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, does this mean they're the champions? Because the announcers, folks, they didn't know what was going on. They're holding the belts up at the end, like they won, right? This show was booked so on the fly and so, like, haphazardly. Shivani literally goes, we'll have to find out at Slamboree if they yeah. are the champions. He's like, we don't know what happened here. Yeah. So backstage again with this fucking room that the new blood is in the whole time. They're in this I feel like we've been room. in this room more than the ring. I feel like I've been in this room more than my bedroom today. <laughs> and Bischoff tries to, like, you know, rile them up. You know, big pep talk And here. then I say, at this point, why is anyone even in the new blood anymore? They're like, losers. Yeah, they stink. They stink. And their and their leadership isn't helpful at all. Like, the primary example with Big Papa Dump, like, they, <laughs> they, they don't order anyone to go help him. Nope. And like, Russo just yells at them all the time. Yeah, this group stinks. They stink, you're right. It's no wonder this just ended. It did just end. Yeah. Backstage, a bus shows up behind the limo. <laughs> and I say, what now? What are the Crockett's coming out with Magnum and shit like that? <laughs> like, the older club? <laughs> so then the new blood comes back out to ringside, blah, blah, blah. Quinn, you notice Mike Awesome has a ball-peen hammer with him. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has, like, sticks and, like, metal rods and curtain rods. And Mike Mike Awesome proudly with the ball-peen hammer in the background. <laughs> like he's a bad guy in Double Dragon yeah, or something. It's so good. I'm surprised nobody had, like, a mace. Like, <laughs> or chain. Yeah. Um, so the Millionaire's Club, of course, comes out. Just like at the beginning of the show, they're just yelling at each other from the ramp Flair in the ring. with tradition talk. Like, yeah, that great tradition of Hugh Morris. Yeah. So, yeah, he's there. So they basically agree on a battle royal for tonight, right now, where the winner of this battle royal gets a title shot, not at Slamboree, no, 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 at the Great American Bash. This is a WCW thing even back then. They'd always book, like, two pay-per-views. Like, no, this match is for, like, three pay-per-views ahead, like, yeah. and you'd always forget that that guy won. Like, I yeah. remember, like, the Giant once won World War Three, and then, yep. like, he didn't, like, get the title shot for, like, six months or something. Like, this it's is real. This is, like, real. If, if Flair's talking about tradition here, this is traditional <laughs> WCW right here. Well, this battle royal starts... And Quinn, you and I both noticed noticed this immediately. It's just a bunch of standing around. There's like nothing happening. And somehow it's the most entertaining part of the uh, show. Yes, it really is. Because here's the thing. In all this chaos, like, I guess people are just allowed to come out in the middle of the Battle Royal. It's amazing. Yeah. So the first run-in is we hear Harlem Heat's music, and it's Stevie Ray, <laughs> Ahmed, Ahmed Johnson, <laughs> Norman Smiley, and some other fat guy that we never could identify. No, we couldn't. We don't know who it was. Yeah. 
Yeah. Then Tank Abbott wanders out. Yeah, with like an anti Goldberg shirt on. What? And then Flair hits Shane Douglas with a pipe. Like all bombastically. Yeah. Remember that? He's like, eh. And then again, I say Ric Flair is the best part of this show. Yeah, because this is awful. And then what the fuck? Medusa. Medusa. Medusa in Asia. Yes. Just why? And then they're like wrestling the men, and the men are fighting back. And then, like, it's like Lucha Underground in like 2000. And then Mona wanders out. Yeah, Mona, but Shivani calls Asia Mona, and then he like realizes he like messes up. Yeah. That's true, he did. Yeah. So in the midst of this, I just typed this note. Quinn, you know, Quinn reads these live as we do the show. Yeah. I just wrote, this is a disorganized mess, not in a good way. The crowd is dead. The announcers are confused. Everyone is unmotivated, and I've had enough. Me too, but you know who hasn't had enough? Jim Duggan, <laughs> because he runs out in his janitor's outfit yes, to does. get involved. And then he just, like, he literally hits someone with a two-by-four and, and chases them yeah. out, out of the arena. Yeah, he just leaves. I can't believe the Duggan custodian thing was still going on at this point it's amazing because i didn't he find the tv title in the garbage can and all that wasn't that like a year and a half earlier yes i thought it was in 99 (laughs) it was then the mysterious limo bus person starts walking in all we all we see is feet you know like on the (laughs) by the way the thunder vision is the name of the titan tron (laughs) yeah seriously then tony calls hogan terry bully and i had noted that um i had thought that they were calling him that at, like during this F U N B era or whatever, I think that was true. But why? Because, because Russo, edgy. yeah. Because Russo and and they're talking about heat and marks and all this, so they would think they're so good. Fucking stupid. Anyway, who is the mystery man, Quinn? Macho Man what? Randy Savage. I swear he didn't even wrestle anymore in, by May of 2000. What? Are you kidding me? Yeah, this was this was like actually entertaining. Like we both like actually kind of marked out. We like looked at each other and we're like, oh shit, Randy Savage. And you know how I always say, when's the Macho Man? <laughs> well, he fucking showed up. Yes, he did. Yeah, and of course he attacks the new blood. I mean, well, he's not going to be in the He should on just their attack side. everyone and just be like, this all sucks on Macho Man. Like, That's true. You, know, you notice this, Quinn. He almost eliminates himself. <laughs> this is the best part because you know how we always say that Savage just, there's this running theme in his entire career that he doesn't know how to like operate in battle royals or and Royal Rumbles. Rumbles, yeah. He literally tries to do the same thing. He tries to like jump out and attack the guy. But then he stops himself. But he eventually just leaves anyway. He just leaves through the middle ropes. And eliminates himself. Like, he doesn't come back. I think back. he chases out, like, Shane Douglas yeah, or something. Yeah, someone like that. Yeah. So then the final four here is Kidman, Hogan, Shane Douglas, and Ric Flair. Interesting Okay, I guess he didn't change, chase out Douglas. It someone. I it forget was who somebody, it was. yeah. So the big surprise, you said, Quinn, is Savage, but he can't win because Hogan's there. Well, of course. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if Macho Man wins up Hogan, God forbid. Like, <laughs> But then we have another run in, folks, I swear. But this isn't even, he's not even a participant. <laughs> Brett. Bret Hart in like dad jeans and like after Goldberg kicked his head off yeah this is months and months later and now he comes out and he's with the new blood it's amazing he's he's so old at this like he is and he eliminates Hogan what he's never gonna wrestle again either nope he never did yeah this is insane so Flair wins Flair eliminates Kidman and then you said Quinn props to Flair for wrestling the entire night in the white shirt yep listen 
we said Flair was the MVP of this show. He is. And he deserved. He actually is. He fucking deserved that win at the yes. end. Of, I, as bad as this all was, yep. Ric Flair earned that Battle Royal win. So Russo tries to interfere, but he messes up. Flair baseball bat swings Douglas over the top rope. That's right. the win, is Douglas. So He swings like, like yeah. swinging a baseball he bat. He literally, like, if he's going to, like, hit a ball, but yeah. Douglas is the ball, and he, like, winds up, swings, and Douglas, like, flies out of the ring, like, comically. <laughs> it's funny. So after all of this, I just need to say the oldest guy on the roster wins. It's amazing. Well, no offense, most of the people were sh- listen. Like I get junk. it. Junk. I do get like, it, but so much for moving forward. You know what I mean. This was already a lost cause by this point. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Like, un- fair like enough, it's Quinn. almost like I just wanted to see Flair just like flush the toilet at- with this. <laughs> like, it's like he hit the toilet button. You know, the 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 thing with the baseball bat. Like, because he didn't want to even get near the crap, and it's just like flush this flush junk. Shane Douglas yeah, get out, out of here. here. Savage comes in, raises uh, Flair's hand. Then Bischoff tries to say that Kidman won because him and Hogan fell through a table. Yeah, so by the way, in all this, there's like this horrible, weird spot on the outside where Hogan lifts up Kidman for a vertical suplex and Kidman falls on Hogan and they go through the table. It's really strange just the way it looked. And then in the midst of that, the camera cuts to Jeff Jarrett hanging off of scaffolding (laughs) with DDP. This was the best this was the best part because it was so random. Like I you think like everything's over, and then it's just Jeff Jarrett and DDP like climbing up the freaking Titan vision or Thunder Thunder Vision. vision. Yeah. Like fighting why are they up there? Like what the shit was going on? And then in the meantime, Savage goes over to Hogan, picks him up off the floor, and the show ends not with the Mega Powers handshake. No. The Mega Powers fist fist bump. (laughs) Go to black. Oh, my God. What did we watch, Quinn? I don't know. That was something. I I don't even know what to say. The scaffolding thing was bizarre at the very end there, by the way. Because in the midst of Bret Hart running out, Randy Savage, like, people swinging bats, Hogan going through tables. (laughs) Ric Flair in, like, a a, a sweaty, like, shirt. And khakis. Yeah. And then it just cuts to out of nowhere, like, no context or anything. Jarrett and DDP are hanging off of scaffolding. And Hogan with, like, what looked like a bot spot, but probably wasn't. I have no idea what that was. Folks, here's, here's my bottom line on this one. This is Vince Russo running WCW. This is like Apex Russo right here. It is, and it sucked. Mm-hmm. It's not good. You think about what WWF was doing at the time, Quinn, in May of 2000. You're talking about The Rock, Triple H, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, Chris ben- Eddie Guerrero, intriguing matches, intriguing angles, one of the best years they've ever had. And this is on the other channel. Ric Flair's winning the Battle Royal in a, in a show that had no matches. And Tank Abbott's there. Yeah. David Arquette's the world champion. It's pretty awful. And Vince Russo is just littered throughout this show in in presence and in, like, touch. Actually in the show. Yeah. Like, oh not even, God. like, just, like, like backstage. Like Awful. Yeah. Terrible. It's not hard to see why people stopped watching Thunder. In fact, Quinn, did you know, a few months after this, they actually moved the Thunder tapings to right after Nitro. <laughs> They would just do the, to save money because yeah, it's not even worth it. Because no one was going to the separate tapings. <sighs> they would actually do Nitro Live and then tape Thunder afterwards. Awful. This show went downhill yeah. very quick, and this is prime example of it. What's funny is I wouldn't say it was the worst thing we've watched so far because it was actually like oddly entertaining like because it was just such a mess. The last half hour was very entertaining. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's up there with some of the worst. It's definitely the most disorganized thing we oh, watched. Yeah, no doubt about it. It was, it was hard. Yeah. That was hard to watch. It, was. it wasn't Up fun. until the Battle Royal, it was bad. Yeah. Because the Battle Royal was at least a normal wrestling trope. Yes. Everything else was a bunch of guys just walking around punching Counting each other. Counting their own pins. It was yeah. hard to watch. And that's Russo. Yeah. There's no way that anyone else but Russo wanted that just to happen. horrible. It didn't work. Like, yeah. I'm sure Vince Russo will somehow defend it to this day. Like, bro, we you had to have keep him to, on the channel yeah, or something. You yeah. have to understand that I was... Tr- it sucked. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, bad. It blew. Yep. There's no way around it. Awful. It, it can't not even compete with what WWF was doing at the time. No, not at all. But folks, thank you so much for being with us. We have had <laughs> a doozy of a time here. And guess what? We will be back next week to have another doozy of a time as we talk about the world of retro wrestling. Yep, we'll be back. We will be back. So in the meantime, tweet at us at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. Go to our website, OVPPodcast.com. And Quinn, where can they check us out? iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Blueberry, yep. and a plethora of places. And the YouTubes. And YouTube, of course. All right, folks. So have a great rest of your day, a great rest of your week, whatever you might do with it. We will be back to talk to you about the world of retro wrestling next week. Have a great day. See ya. See ya. You're next. It's WCW NWO Hunter. Only on the PlayStation Game Console. Choose your competition. Pick your weapon. And play Thunder till your thumbs bleed. Feel my power with WCW NWO Thunder. So you want to step in the ring with the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be? Step in the ring with the greatest technical wrestler in the history of the WCW. The WCW! This is the Stinger, and I'm in the mood for handing out more than just one Stinger death drop. Wow. I'm Rex Luger, they call me the total package. You know why? Because I'm the finest physical specimen on the planet Earth today. You got the guts to take me on? I don't know! Oh, yeah, I'm the Macho Man Randy Savage. Don't make a big mistake. Get with the madness. That's what you want to do. Oh, yeah. Pick the powerhouse of WCW because I'm big, bad, and dangerous to know. Who's this now, Randy? Hey, man, here's Alex Wright, the German. Who cares? If you want to know what the Germans are about, pick me, and you're going to have a hell of a victory. I promise. Orale, arriba la raza. Give me a break. I'm Bowdy Bowdy and Rowdy Rowdy. Black and red wolf pack represented by the K-O-N-N-A-N. Will you stop? stop, stop, stop.